Episode four of Five or Territory podcast. We co-host Woody here along with me is Dave. As always, Dave, uh, how are we doing on this uh, chilly, chilly Saturday morning? So we started off the third podcast before we got into all that is the excitement surrounding Nelson Cruz, discussing how great it was to be in Minnesota at that time, and this was mid. January, roughly, early January? Roughly, yeah. Well, the temperature right out, outside right now is in the negative yep. range. We've got two feet of snow on the ground with another half foot coming? Yeah. coming our way. All fresh, uh, too. It's it's winter. Uh, but it's winter, but it also is February 9th, and the first game of spring training takes place on February 23rd. You had it pulled up. When do pitchers and catchers report? I believe it's, it's uh, Wednesday the 13th here, four days from now. We're, we're right on track to have what... I am, again, so excited for this year is excitement for the Twins. And this is wanted to touch base on a couple of things of last podcast, uh, last three, was I think I held a pretty consistent strain of positivity yeah. on all the different things we talked yeah. about. And now looking ahead, we're a little more plugged in into the organization, what they're up to, what they've put together. I'm excited right. is what I'm trying to get across <laughs> right here. The weather sucks outside. I've done a lot of shoveling. We just spent some time going over strategies and fears regarding shoveling true. on sidewalks and driveways. Uh, so I'm looking forward to baseball and spring training. So right. no, that's, that's very valid. Um, the weather is terrible. Uh, you often right about now question why we live here, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with like the ability and availability of resources to just like not live here yep. as in like planes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. maybe a hundred years ago it'd be a little tougher to like pack up and move there but, are options out there but yeah, yeah we persist for some reason uh take for example like fort myers florida <laughs> sounds great right now um but yet, yeah it's uh <clears throat> that's like the one bonus of, of right now is what comes after is is excellent just like yes. seven to nine months of just unbeatable like weather but unfortunately, you have to go through about three and a half months of just just shit. Yep. And there's always those miserable stretches of May and April where we get socked by a couple lingering storms, it seems like, especially in the last seven, eight years oh, that I've yeah, lived here in the yeah. cities. Living in St. Paul and having one of those snowstorms come through. And it's never it's never plowed, so you're, you're parked on the street, and it's just a miserable, miserable feeling of looking out your window and seeing six inches of snow in the middle of April. Especially because, like, like, well, two days before that, you you probably were, like, in, like, a sweatshirt and shorts and, like, enjoying, yeah. like, a nice, like, stroll yeah. down Grand Ave or something. You were outside. It was... It's always tough to come around. But, again, we, we find ways of getting through this, and one of those is fixating on the minor details <laughs> of the last couple of weeks of signings that the Twins have made to make their team better, as well as just thinking about what those nicer days in... August, July, September will bring at Target Field when this team is well over 500. I'm thinking 10 games over 500 ooh, entering ooh. into September, battling yeah. for the division, yeah, uh, and just riding the enthusiasm this whole way. I, so. I like it. I like it. We'll get kind of closer to uh, some division talk here, maybe even later this pod. But um, 
yeah, let's 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 start with the the couple of recent signings since we last uh, last were were uh, on the pod here. The the two biggest ones, which was all relative, mm-hmm. but the two biggest ones I would say for sure are Blake Parker, one year deal reliever. Uh, Martin or Martine? I think it's Martine. Martine Perez? Should yeah. Probably double check on that. So we'll okay. go with Perez for right now. For sure. Um, Perez is another reliever, lefty, uh, going to the bullpen as well. Um, first thoughts on, on our two new recent signings? Yeah, they, they had... Uh, these two have taken place kind of in a in a much... In a much smaller kind of uh, degree of people watching these. There's not a lot of response after the... After the crew signing, um, these have kind of been under the radar, so to say. Uh, Perez comes to us from Texas. He's got familiarity with some of the members in the front office right here. Yep. He is actually, I saw a couple things projected for him to be the fifth starter Ooh. in terms of what they'd like to see from him, uh, kind of slating him in for spring training, which brings us to that larger conversation of what to look for yeah. in spring training. Yeah. He's definitely added into that mix. He could be... Um, part of that conversation, and some of the Twins reporters, correspondents have said that he is kind of that heir to the fifth spot now, and that just bumps everybody else who we've talked about before down. He had a horrible season 2018, um, has shown much. some promise previous years, almost threw 200 innings back in 2016 with Texas, um, so has so has had some success at a major league level. He is 28 going into this year, mm-hmm. and again, projections look at him... Uh, getting over a hundred innings, you know, kind of being that fifth starter, maybe some time in the bullpen. Yeah. But a uh, big promising um, draft for drafty for the, the Rangers just never has been able to put it all together. But again, for the twins, for this team to pay him, he's going to be uh, looking to be in the conversation for that fifth starter. So two year deal team option for 2020, uh, with the five hundred thousand dollar buyout, and they picked him up for three point five million for this season. Yeah, so it's all safe. And usually, three point five million should it mean as much as it does for the, for most clubs, but for the Twins, it kind of pencils you in. Like we've kind of seen this track before with with certain guys we bring in. Usually a little bit higher, but I think this still kind of probably is the bottom of that group of even if you have you you got to really kind of like mess up your spring training. And not even like a performance thing, because I think there's also like for everybody give and take with it's spring training, you're working on stuff, you're getting it ready. It's not like we're trying to go out here to win games. So it's it's more you gotta really like show that you aren't figuring it out in that standpoint or aren't lashing on to like the, the teaching or coaching part to like not get a chance right away. But they usually still give you a chance. Yeah. Um he's not a guy that I see them like starting trip away. He's basically on the the twenty five man roster. Um he's in that weird spot where I feel like this was kind of their answer instead of signing like a guy like Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. For big money, having to give him more years you're comfortable with, and then all of a sudden you're st- stuck with like a situation that you just can't get out of. Um, like best case scenario, I think for whatever reason for them, they were thinking it's like maybe we get like an Irvin Santana type deal with Keuchel, but realistically, it's it's probably not gonna be kind of like it's it's tough with a 31 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, let's go with a nice kind of shorter deal, cheaper money. We can still kind of stay in control of roster movement with this player. Yep. But he realistically should, and this is what I kind of worry about with, with former Twins regimes, he should be in a competition. And you shouldn't be scared to, you know, Matt Flynnum if a Russell Wilson comes through, mm-hmm. um, even mm-hmm. if you're paying this guy more money yep. than your, your yep. wait-around pick. But 
uh, guys like Cole Stewart who are going to have a chance. Steven Gonzalez is going to have a chance. Um, I think it's kind of starting to tighten up a little bit. We can kind of get in that later on here too, but uh, that's the only the only thing I worry about. And Grant, we haven't really seen it yet with this regime, but are they going to be truly, hey, no, this is the value we felt like this player had in terms of we could also use him in other ways than a fifth starter, mm-hmm. but he's definitely going to get a, a real shot at competing for the fifth starter spot? Or is it going to be, eh, he's kind of penciled in, but like one of those really thick pencils that doesn't erase really well <laughs> as the fifth starter um, that like well, a Terry Ryan would have done? Well, last season, how many moves did we make at the trade deadline there? And how many of those were those those arms that yeah. were like, you know what, it, it's weird. We're going to get something in return for this, so we're going to do that. And I guess that's where Perez kind of ends up at for me is, is that uh, he's, like you had said, a much... Less flashy of a signing than a Dallas Keuchel, but I'm almost I'm okay with that. I, you, we we can look around and see who's available out there free agent wise for starting pitching, and it's just there's not a lot. Keuchel has got a lot to be apprehensive about when you start looking at his regression yep. projection. Totally, um, he's a little bit older, and there's there's not those big names starting pitching that would be coming in to ride ride into the rescue for this club. Which then, if that's the case, Martin Perez seems like a safer hedged bet. Uh, gives us a little bit of ability to move around and figure out what we have. Yeah. Uh, more options for spring training to fight with that bottom end of the rotation, which is Pineda, if he's healthy, Mejia, Perez, Gonzalez, Cole Stewart. Yeah. So we got that that fourth, fifth, all of that is this, uh, let's figure out what we have. Of course, we're going to use spring training to do that. So we're going to roll in to this season with a lot of familiar names. At least we've seen some of them last year that have competed for this and hopefully out of that we build a solid five-man rotation with a lot of options for if this doesn't work out um we got some pieces that can come up and we can still see what we have uh so that that's where i kind of came down on perez and then the blake parker edition is in keeping with that here's another arm solid replacement level player last season with la he threw 66 innings. I mean, he's 67 games. He's in 66 innings. Uh, dependable 34-year-old arm. Yeah. So a piece that's going to be part of the everyday Minnesota Twins baseball team in terms of how their bullpen throws out. So that I, I didn't really have anything <laughs> hot or cold on Parker. It's just kind of, okay, so this is going through and seeing this guy's available. Let's make it happen uh, and help shore up that bullpen and, and make sure we've got the arms needed for the season. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the Blake Parker signing is 1. just, 8. yeah, 1.8. Um, it just kind of felt like one of those crafty moves you make right around this time. Of mm-hmm. First wave of free agents gone. Second wave of free agents gone. You got some guys that you realistically could have justified signing in one of those first two groups, but you're willing to wait and see if someone else is going to pay him what he was asking for. And then that price comes down a little bit more. Yep. And you're like, hey, I'm more comfortable doing this. Um just because that frees up us to do more things this year, and that's kind of what that one year, one point eight million deal. Does. And we and we we teased this a little bit before we were, or at least we were talking about this uh, before we started. Uh, there's a big name still out there in terms of who's available for closers. Oh yeah, or a big power arm in Kimbrel, 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 Kimbrel. Uh, the Boston Red Sox. Um, 
closer with his signature. I really love that. Can I get low to the ground and hold yeah. both arms up? Yeah, like, no one's... that's just that's great. Uh, he's he's available. He had asked for something like six year deal yep. in the start of free agency, which is now down apparently to three years. Is what he's at. What he's willing to um, sell for. If, if, I guess from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So the Twins possibly in that mix. Uh, at least have been kind of talked about as could he end up here if we've got the money, obviously, and could be a nice fit if he falls to that. I, I've got the whole team's uh, salaries pulled up and contracts pulled up right yeah. now for 2019. Okay. We have three players <clears throat> signed with outside of arbitration, signed through to 2020, and two of these are player options as well. Any idea who they are? Ooh. Or I should say, we have one player with a player <laughs> option for next year outside of arbitration. Is the player option Castro? No. no. It's, it's Cruz and Cruz. Martin Perez are the only two outside of arbitration Yikes. for our younger core, Yikes. of course. I mean, Ooh. that's where the Twins are at. I mean, just this roster, Ooh. and it gets back to something we talked about in the first podcast, second podcast, yeah. is if this doesn't work, is that self-destruct button just just mashed? And I guess baseball is not as easy as maybe some other professional sports that do a complete sure. overall. But we've talked about there's some there's some big highly touted prospects in this organization, um, and there's a lot of arbitration available players. But there is a lot of flexibility with this going into 2020. Mm-hmm. To just just and we're gonna quickly see. I mean, baseball season's two months away, uh, almost to see what they do with this because there's just again. We have a lot of one-year deals with this current roster, and there's going to be some changes in 2020 compared to 2019. I, I think that's like the biggest thing to take away from when you look at kind of what either player or team options, kind of where the contracts have lined up. They've really shaped this, in which to they should deserve a little bit of credit on this, I think. They've definitely shaped this roster to be ready to say, hey, if this is tracking the wrong way, and we've given it ample time now, so we're starting to talk about, you know, late June, early July, and we're not figuring it out, we can not only just blow it up and hit the panic button, we can also set ourselves up to really be a team that has the pieces in place next year to have like a team like, hey, again, we're not going to be good in 2020, but like we're going to have a position where we're going to have clear paths for some of our really top-tier prospects to have a chance. Uh, whether that's Royce Lewis at shortstop, whether that's... Uh, uh, Kirloff in the outfield, we're not going to like. We're going to have a ability to free it up because you're going to have guys like Rosario's a guy that I think you don't want to see a guy who's kind of been a top three in average, top three in power, kind of everyday dependable player. But he probably has the most trade like value mm-hmm. in terms of guys to move. Plus, it frees up an outfield spot. Um, and then you got to see what they do with the Kepler extension. You got to see what they do with Buxton and kind of how he's going. But um, you know, it gives you some some options to kind of free spots up where before it kind of felt like, hey, this is kind of who the core is going to be mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of like, hey, this still can be our core. Yeah. But at this point, guys, if we haven't figured it out in three years, this is your last chance. It can't be the core. Yeah. And I think that's. I just wanted to get a sense of where you feel at because I, I think I've broadcasted <laughs> it well enough that I'm I'm still willing to drink some Kool Aid with this this squad. And if going through the the lineup last time we potted mm-hmm. that was that's still where i'm at that's still where i feel but what do you think what are you sitting here at this at this table today ryan think about <laughs> where you think this team's 2019 realm of possibility 
is at, or maybe take a look on to 2020 as yeah. for maybe next February, what, where we'd be at. Do you think a lot of these, these guys are on the same team? Have we moved on completely? How do you think 2019 is going to shake down? I, I think, and this is kind of, I mean, if I, I got two different ways to go with this, and this is kind of how I always see things mostly, is I got the dream scenario, yep. but also like realistic. I don't think it's ever like, yeah, I think the Twins are going to win like 122 games and set the, the, the win <laughs> record for big major leagues this year. It's it's more, hey, I think you hear about the Indians kind of losing some key pieces. Lindor might not be ready for the start of the season, which then I, I always kind of put an asterisk of, when is he really truly ready then? Because if he's probably gonna have to figure some things out, so you're if you're not ready for what March 28th this year, you're probably not gonna be ready by like April 15th either. So you might lose a month of Lindor. Um, the White Sox are down unless they go out and sign Machado <laughs> and Harper, which then then well <laughs> might be emergency pod there coming in of a uh, Chicago White Sox, your 2019 AL Central champs, but. Um, and then you have the Tigers and you got the, the Royals who are kind of going to be bottom dwellers. But I think it's realistic to expect if we go out and get one more guy. And Kimbrough's a great example of that. Of We've talked about before, we don't necessarily feel like, hey, with this kind of regime, we need a lockdown closer. But at the same time, too, we're not saying don't do that. If a, if a piece makes your team better. Yeah. yeah. And you have to get crafty with the deal. He's probably looking in that range of... 10 with a ton of performance spike bonuses, which is really probably going to pay out to 12 anyways. So you might as well start there. He he wants three years, but can you craft it into like a way where it's a two-year deal with like a player option that only can be picked up if certain things are met in those first two years, which has happened before too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Britain contract, three years, 39, is probably honestly exactly where it needs to be. I don't know if, just because the playoffs were pretty shaky for him last year, if he would have had a really solid playoffs um, and a really good stretch in the World Series where it's like, man, this guy, Rivera style for a season or Chapman style for a season, shut guys down. Um, he's probably looking at a nice like five-year, $75 million deal. Instead, I would have rather had Zach Britton. If, if, you're, if you're giving me both guys, comparable you know, contracts, three years, $39 million, $13 million a year, I'd rather take Britton. So now you're kind of in that weird spot. But sometimes you can only, you can only get who you can is available. Uh, that being said, we're only at $97 million for the year. Yep. Yep. So we have a little bit of room to go out and get one more guy in that range. It does kind of hand, handcuff you a little bit in the sense that you can't go in. If there's someone you need to go get later on that you can do. But I also don't think we're uh, freeing up money to go after Machado or no. Harper. No. And this seems like a very kind of in that cruise type way, a very reasonable request of two years, $25 million, eight team option that becomes a player option for an extra 13 million so that gets you up to 38 total if in your first two years you get 75 saves you have a you know era under this team wins are we average 85 wins a season things like that where that i'm super comfortable with Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden i think we weirdly become i don't know if i can call us the front runners yet over at cleveland we're, we're way closer in the wild card oh, too, because yeah. again, just pulling up Roto World's got some uh, Roto Champs got some projections up there. I mean, Red Sox and Yankees have obviously been kind of in an arms race. There's a good Tampa Bay squad. Uh, Indians still are kind of projected to take the AL Central, yep. and the AL West features the Astros running away with it with Angels. But really, those second tier teams, 
after the Yankees, Red Sox, Indians, and the Astros is L.A., Minnesota, and Tampa Bay. Yeah. And that's we're fighting maybe for one wild card spot, but we have a roster that's built with a positive sign next to it yep. um, that can compete. So we're in that. And what I'm hearing, again, is that your realistic, positive, best-case scenario is that we are definitely competing for that. Maybe that needs one more addition, either another piece added to the bullpen um, that can help get us to that. And I don't know who else is available below Kimbrel in terms of bullpen. Here's your like proven closer. And by the way, Kimbrel's just been a beast for – the last eight, nine, almost eight years. I mean, yeah. Since his time in Atlanta, that's 46, 42, 50, 47, 39, 31, 35, 42 saves in those seasons. So, I mean, this guy is, he's been a monster. He's 31 going into this year. By all rights, would be projected to get something along that proven closer model. And that's that's something I think Twins fans would really appreciate because I think there's a growing contingent, judging by what people have been lobbying back at some of the Twins beat writers is mm-hmm. that people are not happy that a signing like this has not taken place. Which I would argue, I think this this organization is, is to your point earlier, crafting a roster for specific reasons for 2020. Yeah. And a kind of a make or break point. And not really knowing if it's the right time to, to throw lots of money out there, I guess is... I'm I'm defending this the institution mm-hmm. or not the institution but the organization for not making a big deal, and I I would be very surprised if they make another signing this offseason. Totally, and I think there's there's a lot of reports that came out within the last week is essentially the Twins are done. Granted, there might be a couple like really small minor league mm-hmm. deals, and that that's mm-hmm. that happens for all teams at this point. So that's not necessarily a a sign of anything, but the the general feel is there's there's no Kimbrough coming, there's no Dallas Keuchel coming. Nope. Nope. Um, that they have, we have basically the same odds of signing those guys as signing like Harper. Yeah, it is, and basically that means we're shut down. We're gonna go in with this team. We feel good about it. We got guys that we have in spring training that are gonna have real shots at making this club, and we feel like this is the best we can do with the, the constraints we have. Because we also have to be realistic too. Is the previous regime kind of set us up for this in the sense that we haven't exactly filled target field the last couple of years? And Grant, the poll ads have never really necessarily shown that that really matters to them in terms of spending money. But, you know, realistically, it probably does. And there probably is some kind of number there that isn't being hit. And they say, okay, well, then we got to cut a little of this. And we're going to have to play some younger guys and develop them on different paths. And that's how Rocco Baldelli shows up. Mm-hmm. Is, hey, here's a guy that is these guys' ages. Buxton can learn. Royce Lewis can learn. Karloff can learn. And we're, we're sitting okay. Um, I do like the idea, too, of not signing him a little bit and keeping that money open for a possible thing where halfway through the year, you look and say, hey, we're in July, and I might get these numbers wrong slightly, but like maybe we're like 48 and 40, right? Mm-hmm. Something like, hey, we're feeling pretty good. We've kind of got past that halfway point. It looks like we're training in the right direction, but Cleveland's like 51 and 39. The White Sox are like maybe like 44 and 44, and then like the Angels and the Rays are kind of in there too, and it's like we need that one piece to kind of get us over the hump. I'm not saying Kimbrough's going to still be available then. I don't mm-hmm. think that's that's realistic. But, but there's a whole, there's 29 other teams. Exactly. Like, maybe 20 teams <coughs> that would, at that point in time, buyer seller. And you're saying we would be in a position as a buyer for the first time since God knows when. Man. I, uh, when have the Twins ever bought at, at the, deadline? the deadline? Yeah. I, I, I can't even think of a time. I thought we brought one reliever in one time from Washington, right? When we traded Ramos. Yeah. And then he, we ended up just trading oh, back Matt a Cap? while. Oh, Matt Cap? Yeah. 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 
When we had uh, John uh, Roush just yep. just, just mowing guys down at six, ten. yeah. Uh, I, which I, that was the most baffling thing to me. It's like, why are we giving up our fourth best prospect <laughs> and like our only like chance to get Joe Maurer out of, from behind the plate for a closer that's not even proven to be better than this guy we found on the street this and year? Yeah, that was twenty ten. Yeah, that was twenty ten. Brought in late. So again, that the point of you have this one worldview for the twin season is positive, but it's a it's a ceiling is a wild card. Maybe, maybe stretching it to an AL Central. Somehow. We need we need help from Cleveland by them losing. For okay, that to happen, so that but. that was one side of your mind. Yeah. but you said there's a second side. The second side, a little bit is, is this even going to matter? Because I still look at these guys. I was kind of going through, trying to get through the you know opening day rotation, mm-hmm. and we, we've talked about this on a previous pod before. Yep, we go Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, Pineda is kind of. That fourth if guy, healthy, if he's healthy, and that's what it's sounding like. He's had over a year off now. Um, you figure there's going to be some bumps along the road, but I think that's kind of why you give him that two years up front, and then was it $8 million this year or something like that? Yes, he is coming in at $8 million yeah. this year, part of a two-year $10 million deal. Yep. Deal. Yep. You, get, yep. you get some money up front, you know, pay for your rehab, whatever, and you're going to be rehabbing with us. But um, like that's pretty much kind of locked in at this point. So you only have one one hole, and then we talk about Perez kind of as that fifth guy. Maybe it's Cole Stewart, although I think Stewart's going to start in AAA. Um, maybe it's Gonzalez, who's been, I think, like back-to-back minor league player of the year for the Twins. Also think he's going to start in AAA. And then that's maybe something where an Odorizzi or a Pineda, even maybe a Gibson, you trade at the deadline and you, and you are allowed to bring one of those guys up or both. Um, or Perez, after like five starts, just can't figure it out, which I, I don't think would happen either. But I do see also a realistic chance, too, where we're expecting huge, like, statistical, like, jumps for a couple players for us to kind of be relevant. Yeah. And granted, last year, too, like, we were kind of in it for most of the season. No one really felt like we were going to do anything. But, you know, hey, we might we have a chance. That's kind of the feel. And that was with Buxton hitting below 200 and Sano kind of right around there as well. We're expecting those guys to jump, like, 50 to 80 points in their batting average. Mm-hmm. Like... And, like, reflect that up for their entire game. Yeah. So, okay. And stay healthy. And and we got guys, too, where on one-year deals or expiring deals where you look at, we don't really understand what's going to happen behind the plate just because (laughs) Castro coming back (laughs) off of a knee injury, which isn't excellent, who's supposed to be this, like, defensive kind of play-calling wizard. Well, if his knee's, like, sore by the fifth inning, what's going on there? Um, Asadio, who's been awesome this winter, but... And that's that'd be great too. Um, but yeah, uh, scope one year deal. Uh, Kepler doesn't have an extension yet. You worry about money. Rosario, who's also going to be up for a, probably somewhere in that like five to nine million dollar a season range, but realistically probably wants something closer to like twelve ish. Um, what are you going to do there? So there's a lot of like there's too many questions, and that's what I kind of worry is. Is that going to be a distraction overall? I say all those little things add up to like one big thing of. Is that kind of cloud of like this is the twins? This is who we're gonna. This is who we are. Yeah. We we see if it works for four months, and then we ship out all those guys next. And is that all they're thinking of? Is the classic like my next contract guys? And that sometimes can can work, but you got to have the right guys in the clubhouse, which we've proven necessarily in the past we haven't had the mm-hmm. right guys for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, out of all of that, is just there is too many question marks. There's one big question mark, which is first and foremost, this rotation is not anything to write home about. No, this this is nothing that is like you're like 2019 Minnesota Twins starting rotation <laughs> going into three game series. Like, 
oh shit, <laughs> we got Odorizzi, Pineda, and this guy named Perez that we got to go up against? Oh no, we got the back end of this rotation. It's still really good. No, you're like, Barrios might be tough, but then we got Gibson the yeah. next night. And this Don't guy worry, is... guys. This is, this is a classic of like, we're like Texas Ranger fans. I'm like, oh, we got the Twins on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series. Who we got? Barrios Tuesday. We got to go to the Tuesday game, guys. Like, th- that's the only game worth it. Wednesday, Thursday, I get it. We get like dollar hot dogs, but yep. this is not worth it. And that's so there's that big question mark. And then going through that lineup, there's still big question marks. And the big ones are Byron and Snow projected out you know if you're saying like snow's gonna hit 29 home runs like hell yes yeah. 82 rbi awesome uh buxton still hitting 230 like that's not gonna get it done but maybe it, I, I i'm pushing back against that just being like mm-hmm. there is too much offense on this team to, to for me it's kind of the point if snow and buxton aren't able to carry the team yeah there's other guys that might be able to and again those every team's got question marks going into sure. it uh, I'm I'm less apprehensive about the offense. I feel like it can carry its own. I feel you on the there's still that big starting rotation question mark. Our bullpen is middle of the road. There's nothing that really blows you away with that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different pieces that we can work in and figure out if like Romero is great in the pen and we got some guys with live arms that can get us big outs in big situations later on. True. We might stay in some games we didn't stay in last year, and Very that's true. all it takes. So that's my pushback against the negativity, but I do really feel, not negativity, but just maybe more of a realist kind of point of view, like, hey, yeah, we yeah. cannot go into the season expecting this to break the right way. Like, it's going to take, it's gonna, we're going to need some breaks, and until we see those, those things breaking the right way, or changes happening to two dudes in the starting projected lineup mm-hmm. and still some production from some other guys until we can possibly, if we're sitting kind of balancing between in or out on this 2019 Minnesota Twins team, there is a lot of questions that need to be answered before you're tipping towards that that positive side of the brain. So yeah, no, yeah. And I think that's the allure of Nelson Cruz. Yeah. So pushing back, yeah. so you've given us these two worldviews, and yep. I think both have legitimate arguments. Which one do you feel you're you're tipping towards right now? I mean, I always tip towards the the optimistic. Hey, we're going to be in the wild card mix. I think that's always kind of the feel. Um, and then it's always with the hey, there are some real like issues here. Like yeah. let's not just like pretend like these are going to solve themselves. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, they're going to trend the exact same way they've been trending. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a nice revelation with a guy like Kyle Gibson, where two years ago he was trending to be not on this team. Yep. Like, not even a, we don't even trade yep. him. We just don't sign him. And we just let him go. And then all of a sudden he shows up on like the Cincinnati Reds and he's like 18 and seven with like a 2.5. <laughs> like, that was like exactly how it was trending. And like, for whatever reason, they kept him. And it was one of those things I remember like head scratching after like 2016 being like, why are we doing this? Yep, 2016, six and 11 yeah. with 147 innings pitched. I was just like, we know who he is. Yep. And now he's. And again, wins, losses, a little misleading, especially with this team. Yep. But I felt like he's always been in every game. He's now like the veteran like mindset of the staff. He's probably your number two. We've talked about him before too. Yep. He's probably a number two on like a mediocre team. But like if he's your three or four in the playoffs, you feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, Just to spend some time on Kyle Gibson to show him enough love. Yeah. Because I think we've done this a couple times. <laughs> like he he was. 196 innings last year. His strikeout per nine yeah. went up two full strikeouts. Yeah. So he went from that bottomed out 2016 where he was uh, 
6.4 strikeouts per nine innings. He's up to 8.2. I mean, it's it's across the board. Like, he has produced last year and the season before were both rising. So Yeah. I think he got sent down that 16-year for a little bit to, like, quote-unquote work on some things. Mm-hmm. It was more of a, we have another option left on you. We're just going to do this and kind of send you a message. Yeah. Um, like, I don't, but, like, that's, again, that's, a, I, I hate that strategy. Just trade the guy. Like, that. Oh, you're, like we're sending a message to better figure it out. It's like, well, maybe your coaching sucks. Like, which was probably realistic um, for that for that at that point. But you know, it the Kyle Gibson thing is is also unfortunately misleading. Of now we think everyone's a Kyle Gibson. Yeah, yep. And that that can easily get like really like cancerous in like organizations where you have this one guy who's not even like an all star. Like he's just now yeah. a very like solid player. Yep. And you think everyone's going to do that. And this this got us to that that point of, we've said a couple times, we've, we've talked around this and said, how's this organization, this new front office going to do? Are they going to do things different? Are they going to make different decisions? And have we seen that yet? Because I, I feel, again, there's a strong sense out there in twins, the people who follow the twins, write about the twins, talk about the yep. twins, are legitimately angry or upset that we are not doing more yeah. this offseason. They're like, we've got a pile of cash why isn't this organization doing? Here we go again. We've signed Martin Perez or Martin Perez. How yeah. am I supposed to? Why am I supposed to get excited about this? Yeah. And is there legitimacy towards that? I don't know. I think it's too early to to make that kind of like let's pile on the Twins beat writer because the Twins didn't sign anybody. I, I'm not there yet. I, no, I, sure. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's a uh, you wonder now where maybe this is more, which I think also most Twins fans would understand. That this might just be an organizational structure thing of this is like the poll ads vision of like this is how we do it and they're maybe more involved with the day-to-day stuff and maybe this is like one of those regimes that they're willing to kind of give up some of that control um but it get you get the feeling that these guys are brought in to develop younger guys and by younger guys probably guys not on this roster so guys that are in the minors that we have to build that farm system up which i think it came out we were ranked fourth in the majors now in farm system just in the, in the latest rankings um, we're considered to have like top three or top five power arms in the minors now. All of a sudden, uh, we got two guys in the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's trending upwards in a hurry. I think two years ago we were at like twenty third. So um, it feels like hey, we're gonna give you more full control of what you do underneath, and then bring those guys up, and then figure out what to do with them once they're here. Yeah. But when you guys the first couple of years starting out with the the pro roster, I, the major league roster, it it's still gonna be kind of a we're going to talk these things out, and there's going to be times where I'm just going to say, nope, don't sign Dallas Keuchel for four years, $80 million. Mm-hmm. You're going to sign Martin Perez for for 3.5. Okay. I, I, just, I don't know. I just, that's kind of the feel I get. See, I don't think it's quite ready to, to say, hey, this regime is doing the same things. It, yeah. I would say it feels a little bit more like this might be an organization. Okay. And that's... And that's who we're. That's the organization we've chosen to discuss you know. uh, hours <laughs> at a time, and we should probably know that by now. But yeah, we still. I, I think these are. It's interesting to talk about. I, I'm. My jury's still out. My my optimism is greater than my pessimism because partly I would just love to see some of those steps forward. Uh, and that might just be because I've spent way too much personal investment <laughs> in some of these. So uh, I'm pulling hard for this this team too to get to that positive side of uh, how do we approach it. That's so fair. That, uh, that kind of gets us. I thought 
we could also, with that all discussed, uh, the two most recent signings, kind of just an organizational overview. Yep. And again, we're, we're several days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So what are you looking for in this 2019 spring training? Is there any big questions that this team needs to decide? Is there anything that you're looking to see happen to give you a barometer for what happens for the 2019 regular season? Yeah, for sure. I think... <clears throat> First off the top with the pitchers and catchers here in a couple days, it's who's the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked about that, obviously, so I'm not going to deep dive into it. Uh, maybe touch on some guys that we haven't mentioned as much. But you look at the 40-man roster, which kind of gives you a more of an idea of who's realistically has a chance in this competition. I know you're going to say it's open to everybody, but it's not. It's open to a few guys. I'd love to see Gonzalez get that. And I know we just, again, signed, signed Perez. Mm-hmm. But Gonzalez is a guy that has done it quote-unquote, the right way coming through the minors. He's going to be 24 to start the year. He'll be turning 25 this season. I I worry a little bit back when we made those big trades back in kind of the early, like a decade ago roughly, for uh, Alex Meyer and uh, Trevor May. And they were at that time like 20 and 23-ish. And then we kind of kept waiting too long on them, I felt. I felt like, hey, let's get them out here. We can at least turn them into relievers. Um, or... Someone else might see something in him and get like 70 cents in the dollar back for him. Gonzalez mm-hmm. um, is kind of hitting that point where it's like, hey, if he's 24 and not a pro pitcher, what's going on if you keep telling me he's this good? So I would like to see him get it. Um, also, like Cole Stewart, I mean, let's see what he has. In, or let's let's flip him over in the Trevor May style right away. Let's just, hey, it's not going to work out. That's You might have a chance later on kind of in a... Uh, Tyler Duffy role of, hey, maybe if we need to start for 12 weeks, you might turn into that guy, and then we'll see how it goes from there. But um, it's looking like it's going to be Perez, um, and it looks like, you know, Pineda in that kind of same group of, you know, what has he got left? Yeah, or if he's not ready, who who fits into that? If Perez then jumps up to your four, who's your fifth? Exactly. Romero is destined, sounds like, for the bullpen. Yep. So it's Stuart, Gonsalves, Mejia, I, I, I have zero interest in. I don't know what we're doing with Mejia because people feel like I don't know. I get the sense that like, and maybe you you have a different sense that like people still think he could be a starter on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy in the age bracket where he's going to be twenty six in June. Like, I don't know, man. Like at some point, kind of have to like figure it out. And this is a guy that got that entire look in twenty seventeen. Yeah, like, he started twenty one games, yeah. and then why didn't where why was he not getting the majority of the starts? And I can't remember if he was injured last year or where that ended up but he only had five four starts last year i think we just had, didn't have the space for him last okay. year that, that, that's just off the top of head remembering yeah we, we just we had this that 2018 team like if we take a look at how, who started games for us there was a large number a sample size of of starting pitchers so that, that's i'm that's my number one thing too is just can we can we get some answers as to what this what this team's going to look like for starting rotation yeah. going into the season. For because sure. again, Stewart, Gonzalez, Mejia, uh, man, there were sledgers. Phil <laughs> <laughs> Hughes started two games last year. Trevor May started one. Tyler Duffy, Duffy. started one last well, I year. I think should have a better shot. Uh, I, Ch- I'm on the Tyler Duffy bandwagon. Chase DeYoung just got assigned, I think, recently. Yep. And then... Uh, so, I mean, there's just... We, we did... We... We seem to try a lot of different things, but none of that... Maybe that helped inform them going into this season, but it doesn't seem like it. It still seems like we have the same 
question mark for this this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. Um, next kind of thing I'd go into probably got like three major takeaways here going in is specifically one guy, and it's because he's sandwiched a little bit. But what are we going to do with Nick Gordon? He was a guy that we drafted really high. He was a guy that we have a lot of hope for. Uh, he's not going to be D Gordon. Everyone kind of knew that right away. Um, he might be a little bit better in the field, although D Gordon is a really solid second baseman. Um, but what are we going to do with Nick Gordon? He's technically a shortstop. No one's ever felt, even though we drafted him as one, that he had the arm to play shortstop. It was always a feeling of this guy's probably going to second base and or the outfield. Um, and if he goes to second base, that's great. Um, but if he's not a second baseman or for some reason we decide to give scope an extension because he's playing really well and he wants to be here, <clears throat> we got uh, Royce Lewis coming. And I think mm-hmm. Royce Lewis is a September call-up. I think he uh, is realistically your opening day shortstop in 2020. Um, so that gives Nick Gordon this year to kind of figure out what are we going to do with you. Or is he a guy that people still feel <clears throat> is a guy that we can get something back for? And this is at the deadline. I yeah, I love bringing his name up because he fits like all the criteria other than this team would ever trade him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like a Madison Bumgarner, if you can find yeah. someone like that. I, I don't know off the top of my head other guys like that. I have to do a deep dive. I just bring him up. Exactly. But a guy making $12 million a year, dependable, crafty, like won games in big moments in the World Series. I think he has three rings now, mm-hmm. which is nuts. And this is this is I think the second or third time we've brought him up. So yeah. I looked at looked him over. Bruce's regime is ending in San Francisco. Yep. There's questions marks about if they're going to be contending. And that's again those 20 teams that maybe either are fully sellers or kind of like okay, you know, if you give us a Nick Gordon, yeah, we'll we'll it's been a great run, Madison. Uh, here you go. Yeah. Good luck with the run for the playoffs with the Minnesota Twins in exchange for Nick Gordon, who should be mentioned had a pretty miserable AAA experience last year. In 99 games, that slash is 212 for batting average, 262 for OBP, and 283 for slugging with uh, two home runs in 382 at-bats in 29 RBI. So it's... Last the the triple A experience was not great for him, which yeah. clouds you know what what is his future. So that's he's got to start triple A. He's got to prove that he can produce at that level, and that's yep. a big question mark for him. Whereas, like you said, Royce Lewis in single A ball hit three fifteen, stole twenty two <laughs> bases, fifty three RBI, nine home runs in seventy five games, and just <sighs> tore it up. Uh, at the age of 19. Half season, too, I think. So. Yeah, it's it, and Nick Gordon, again, another age guy that you start to worry yep, about. 22 he's, years old. Uh, I think he's technically 23, 23 right now. 23, yeah. He'll be, yeah, he's an October birthday. He'll be 23 all year. So, um, and then kind of lastly is it might be more of an overall structure of what's this open day lineup going to look like, but kind of more specifically, I think we know who the outfield is going to be day one and that it's preset. It's more, what are we going to do with like the four guys that seem to be the exact same player? Yeah. And Nelson Cruz, who obviously is in a different tier, but when you start to look at CJ Crone, Tyler Austin, uh, Ocidio kind of fits that a little bit, Mitch Garver, you got a lot of kind of crossover, first base, catcher, power hitter, DH guys. Five guys for three positions is how I see it. Plus, you have Castro in there who's not the same power type, but he figures to factor into at least 80 games catching mm-hmm. behind the plate. Um, and he's not really a DH. So... What are you going to do with those guys? Who stays up? Who goes down? Is anybody even interested in those guys? Because I feel like probably not. Maybe CJ Crone is the most interesting guy out of that four that you're willing to trade. We're not going to trade Nelson Cruz in April. Um, but can you even find someone that would be, hey, 
who seems to be a Baldelli guy yeah. in Crone, can we find some a way to free up some space there? Because also, realistically, look at this kind of going down is number twenty two. Miguel Snow is destined to be that DH at some point. Yes. Yep. So <clears throat> great, Nelson Cruz is here. Great, probably isn't going to be three hundred pounds yet, uh, Miguel Snow at third base, so he can still kind of do it. Uh, but like, what what are we going to do there with with a lot of player similarities? Yeah. Yep. So if there's anything that can, we can learn from that. It, it seems like we have a, a degree of depth, too, and that's what I think we talked about in our first podcast before, uh, maybe before Scope was signed, Chrome was the, the first signing that we had or the first kind of indication that there'd be some the changes that were about to happen. Yep. So we, we kind of, Tyler Austin's name was brought around. You know, we had this first base uh, backup. Mitch Garver's name needs to be thrown out in there, too. Yeah. So there's a pileup at first with Snow also being kind of like, you might have to play over there. And this idea of Kepler somehow moving into that, into some first base, maybe not now, maybe in the future. But there's a logjam there. We have some pieces that can play multiple positions on the left side of the infield. So is there a balance between, okay, Snow, like thirds, just we're done. Mm-hmm. How do we keep you in our... If you're producing at the plate, how do we keep you on this team? Yeah. But if we decide you can't hold it down at third, so that that third third base is what I'm what I'm hearing out of that is that's kind of going to be something to keep an eye on because there's not the depth for there's not an heir apparent to third. It's just like can we get some pieces to hold that down? And then if you have to move them across the diamond, who loses out from that? And then are those pieces available to try to replenish something? Yeah. Again, it all kind of how things are going to break. How much time does a team have to prove itself in a major league baseball season? Yeah, this would be, be a great question to be able to sit Felvey Levine down and be like, "So, what do you guys do? Is it through April, through May? How much time do you give yourself to kind of think about the future?" Yeah. Or, I mean, you're obviously always thinking about it, but this year, do we? Do you start getting aggressive? Do you start kind of being like, "Okay"? It's yeah. I mean, I, I it comes to mind just the classic cliches of you know, hey, everything is uh, everything's different. Everything is its own unique situation. <laughs> um, what other things can I throw in there? You know, the uh, situation's fluid. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do what's best for the organization, best for the team, and uh, it, it it's just stuff like that. But I, yeah, it, it's but we kind of like we get that. Let's take it a step further. And I know you're not gonna tell us, hey, you know, if Buxton's only batting 200 in May, we're cutting him. Like, yeah, we're yeah. not expecting that answer. But it's more of a hey, wait. What are some like benchmarks we could say if this these things are happening, like that means like we're gonna start putting into motion some other things that doesn't necessarily mean roster shakeups, but then all of a sudden maybe Royce Lewis bumps up to double A that same week, or mm-hmm. like hey maybe Kirloff is like gonna be a guy we're gonna bring up in June this year, still get to say the arbitration thing that way, uh, but not September anymore. Some like little things where it's like we're not really threatening anybody, but let's start getting some guys introduced to some new things. Um, because of these certain criteria were met, that'd be yeah, it'd be great to know. Uh, I'm sure every fan base wants to know that about every team, but like, uh, I feel like that's kind of the, the thing that's been missing from the twins and the disconnect from the fans. Of <clears throat> you got this really, really, I would argue, like really solid fan base that understands too. We're not just going to support something just to say support it by showing up. Like the showing up part is. It, that almost like extra like we'll support you on tv we'll watch we'll talk about it we're going to read about it that stuff's going to happen all the time but it's not our fault that like we're not showing up thirty-eight thousand strong every day at a target field 82 times a, a summer when you're trotting out the rosters you have like there has to be some give and take and also not really knowing kind of what's going into it but as 
Michigan State Gophers are about to tip, and Magic Johnson's there, so the Gophers have no shot in this game. <laughs> He's uh, welcoming the guys out of the tunnel. <laughs> so, just an update there. Uh, if you're a betting man, put money down on money line Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah, take that over. <laughs> Do we get the same kind of diverging a little bit? Do we get the same feeling of like Kevin McHale's like helping us out of the tunnel, like high fiving us out, or is it kind of like who's this six ten white dude who can't walk? Like, uh, I don't think we can bring in the Magic Johnson that Michigan State can. I I would love to see, you know, personally, there's always going to be a soft spot for uh, and Royce Lewis is still no, excuse me, not Quincy Lewis is yeah. still around. He just hangs so around. Like, yeah. Can he can he come? I, that's not going to be able to. Get the, well, get technically that guys. season didn't happen, so it's true. It's, uh, true. It, it's it's tricky with him, but could you get like a yeah? JB Bickerstaff, Bobby, Bobby Jackson, Bobby Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> also didn't happen. Damn it. Uh, yeah, in, in we there was one other quick aside too. Yeah. Is uh, we had mentioned earlier in that first episode, I just happened to check in on those. We had been very excited about some uh, changes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they were turning in the right direction. That has stopped. They suck. <laughs> the Gophers are being a difficult squad to watch as of late. So we're an eight seed this morning on the official mid-season bracket. Off thing. A tough loss to uh, our border rivals in the border battle oh. at at the barn. Uh, so I bring that all up to be. I had kind of a a moment where I was. I'm pretty much ready to shift all interest and emphasis to Minnesota Twins baseball. Yeah. Like, the Gophers basketball team has not been able to carry me through February, as I've hoped. <laughs> so we're abandoning that plan. And for me, this is this is all that I'm kind of focused on and, and putting a lot of eggs into this basket. Yeah. And I think uh, hopefully can say and be upfront that I understand that putting a lot of eggs into this basket is risky. It's always going to be risky, but I'm willing to take that ride. That's fair. I think this is, this is something where... Uh, if we look at it over kind of an overview of Minnesota sports currently, uh, I feel like all of us in about July last year, real heavy jump on the Vikings. That came and kind of blew up in our face. Mm-hmm. So I think there needs to be kind of a, I don't want to call it a step back, but more of a realistic approach of we should approach this in a, in a healthier way maybe, where like <laughs> we don't all of a sudden lose to the Bears at home uh, and a guy named Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, to I not get that the uh, Bills game that also kind yeah of that, that was like week sales. three that was that was brutal where he scored a, a touchdown in the fourth quarter and that was it against a rookie running back playing quarterback yep. um yeah that was tough too but yeah Timberwolves uh, looking like we're about to blow it up although although I'm holding out a little bit of hope that uh, that one John Calipari decides to want to jump to the NBA next year <laughs> and come back and he's done this before with Towns he decided to, I don't know where Towns is from if it's like it's one of those like uh, Caribbean uh, islands but. Randomly, Calipari in like 2012 decided to like be the head coach for their national team and try to get them to the Olympics or something, and it was just because he could then coach Carl Towns at 16 and talk to him. Um, crafty, and sneaky. he ended it worked. Sneaky, yeah. I'm kind of like thinking maybe he wants to coach him at all three levels: high school, <laughs> college, and the pros. And we got an opening. <clears throat> Would welcome that. But until that happens, we're probably looking like we're in some trouble there. Uh, Towns, another Dominican Republic. Dominican, okay. So. Uh, yes, that's yeah, what that's we we cannot help ourselves but make a couple of sides and connections to other Minnesota sports because yeah. that's just that's what uh, that's what you get when you live in these northern colder climes where it is at pod time. Yeah, yeah. we started off at negative six. Ooh, this is big, and it's negative two. Hey, we're right coming. We're climbing up. We're coming. So just like baseballs around the corner, uh, temperatures in the positive range are just around the corner. Exactly. So I, I appreciate you letting me let me. <laughs> kind of try to get at 
where your head's at with all of this. Uh, because I think I have overloaded on the positivity. And I think that needs um, every once in a while kind of an, or at least a counterpoint. No, that's fair. And that's fair. Yeah. The approach to 2019. Definitely. No, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and short of waking up tomorrow and reading breaking news, Minnesota Twins have signed both Manny Machado and Bryce Harper <laughs> to long-term <laughs> extensions. What is it called? Uh, was it, uh, <clears throat> like multi, or Not multiple. The, the sister or twin signings or whatever of 10-year, $325 million <laughs> contracts. <laughs> Which have not panned out very well for the state of Minnesota. Ah, you know, we've learned our lesson. I'm second, second mention to the uh, Parisian suitor signing. Of <laughs> I think your... the, the biggest thing is, yeah, don't give them no trade clauses <laughs> and 13-year deals when they'll be 36 halfway through them. Oh man, that was we had we had to do it. Unfortunately, we didn't win. I honestly though, I don't fault the Wild at all for that. No, and that's kind of going back to the Twins and tying that in here too is with a guy like Kimbrel, with a guy like. Dallas Keuchel barely meets that criteria for me. I think there's a real, like, Ricky Nolasco legitimate concern with that. Yeah. And you don't know what to do. And it, he, he could, again, yeah, he could have a revelation. Uh, who's the other, uh, who's the Cubs pitcher that went to the Phillies this year? Um, Arteta, Jake. Yeah. Uh, or Ar- Arietta. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Who then goes and, like, dominates with yep. the Phillies. And now all the Phillies are feeling like maybe we can sign. And it's like that kind of stuff happens. And maybe Dallas Keuchel is that. He's not that. But, like, you know, it, it, there's maybe that thought that gets in your head. So I totally get that. I would never fault a team for going after a big guy and saying, we're going to be competitive. Yeah. Um, also with how like pro sports are set up, where it's a league-operated thing, they're not going to let you fail and bomb out. Um, they're going to have some kind of support thing. But we've done it the other way and tried to protect ourselves against that, and we've still had four consecutive 100-loss seasons. Mm-hmm. So going for it and like going after a couple big-name guys and giving them some contracts that are kind of you regret, which both these guys are 26 it's not like we're giving like 31-year-old Paul Goldschmidt, which the Cardinals are facing this issue right now, or an Albert Pujols this deal. We're giving mm-hmm. 26-year-olds this deal. Yeah. <clears throat> a little bit different. Um, so I think there's I, – I would never fault a team for doing that. And then, yeah, so we have a couple of rough years after that. We've got some great years, though, Yeah. ideally. Yeah. And that's the, the last thing maybe to close on because all of baseball is focused on those two names, yep. where they're going to end up. And do you see they're actually – being in a uniform for a specific club, both of them together, or like just in general, just in general, by the by the time spring training starts in a week, no, right? It's no, it's there's no. I don't think there's a chance. There not is. at all. There hasn't been like any indication of any movement, and that's two of the best players in baseball without without a home. Yeah, it's it's weird because they're. I feel like they're focused on such like like minor detail things, right? Of Harper has a weird year where. He's 25-26 last season. He has the worst statistical season ever. You think about it like 226 or something like that, <clears throat> which is bad in a contract year where you see people usually go the other way. But there was so much talk, and then at the deadline, it was like all-star games in Washington. It'd be weird if he wasn't on the Nationals. And when the Nationals were actively shopping him and had a deal set up with Houston to send him to Houston, and then at the last second said, <clears throat> I think it was the owner came down and said, we're not doing this. We're not, we're not trading him. And the whole like, – that's a weird feeling for the second half of the season when you're trying to make a playoff push. I get why you tank. Like, that makes sense. Um, and you're not 29 dealing with this. You know, you're, you're the first ever, like, 26-year-old Alex Rodriguez type to, like, be facing maybe first guy to make $400 million in a contract. That's mm-hmm. tough. Machado, kind of like a lot of things of the no-hustle things and kind of like a 
He kind of pissed off and burned like bridges with half the teams when he was on the Orioles. And then he goes to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers like flat out said, we don't want you long term. Yep. And so that his makes less sense to me. Where here's a guy that clearly statistically is fine. You're worried about the not hustling thing? I don't I don't get that. That's a conversation you have where it's like, listen, man, like I'm cool with this, but like let's just clear the air. And I think he has cleared the air publicly. In general, I think this is a bad look for baseball. I think that's kind of the mm. <clears throat> the general kind of yeah. feel of it. Yeah. Um, you're two of your best 25 players right now and popular faces yeah. are not signed. <clears throat> I think it's a really bad look. These are two kids that started playing baseball at the age of 19 at the professional level. Oh, man. Harper has 184 home runs. Machado has 175. <laughs> in Since 2012... Like again, uh, the, the two of the biggest names in baseball. So yeah, I, I don't see them being on a team anytime soon. And there seems to be no movement. No, which, like you said, not the best for baseball. Uh, but also, wherever they end up, as long as it's not in the central, I don't really care. <laughs> is what it comes down to for me personally. And, until they go to the Yankees, and we have to weirdly play them for the seventh time in the in yeah. The which it's series, all, that's yeah. what I thought. Like oh, Machado is going to end up the Yankees. Makes sense. Harper to the Phillies at least are like odds-on favorites right now. Yeah, we we'll, we shall see. Uh, twins probably aren't even uh, worth bringing up in these conversations. So let's just go with. Hopefully they don't <laughs> sign with the White Sox, who are still in the conversation, and then we'll uh, we'll continue on to. Hope that uh, <laughs> the White Sox suck, the Tigers suck, and the Royals suck. And we can somehow get to that positive territory for a wild card run and hey. maybe even challenge the Indians if things break right 2019. I think 90 wins gets us there. So it's just, it's just the let's get to 90 wins. What happens, happens. Let the dominoes fall where they fall. Yeah. But <clears throat> with that, I think that's a, a wrap on. on that, that's a wrap. We'll, we'll be. Uh, Maybe next podcast we'll do is with twins players uh, throwing a ball around in a much warmer, much oh, more uh, inviting climate than what we have outside here in lovely St. Paul. It may just turn into 45 minutes of us trying to look up the cheapest plane tickets to, to Fort Myers. <laughs> but until that until that time, uh, we'll catch you next time. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, it's been the Five Territory Podcast. Mm-hmm.